Hello and welcome back to the Chris Ye podcast. I am, as always, Chris Ye, and I am joined today by another season two competitor, Jamal Williams, a guy who won $10,000 on Mental Samurai and is kind enough to join us today to talk about his experience. Hello, Jamal. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure. So, Jamal, you were a, on the one hand, a very successful competitor. But on the other hand, you did not get a chance to actually become a reigning samurai and go into the circle of samurai. So we'll cover that and many other things along the way. But let us begin first by understanding where you come from. Obviously, there's this whole conversation with Rob at the beginning, but we're going to go all the way back. Tell us about where you grew up, what made you the guy you are today, and how did you develop the kind of knowledge that allowed you to go 10 for 10 in your opening round? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> so I was born in Buffalo, New York. Uh, so my parents are from. I lived there until I think I was like three, maybe. Then my dad joined the army and we moved to Germany. And we were in Germany until, I don't know, for a long time. We came back to the States when I was like in seventh grade i want to say wow you had a long period of time in germany then do you speak german still i can count but i can see deutsch uh not really <laughs> i drive here i can count that's about it <laughs> um but we came Luton back more again i do know that one <laughs> <laughs> um came back to the states and we were in like northern virginia area and that is where I spent my time up until I went to college, went to college in a small school in Newport News, uh, Virginia, that's like close to Virginia Beach. Um, I studied, well, I had a lot of ma majors there, uh, and it took me a really long time <laughs> to finish school because I was so indecisive. Um, but I what were some of the majors you had? Uh, now, now we have um, to explain. <laughs> and how different uh, were they? Yeah, so when I first got there, I was a computer science major back when they were still teaching C++. Um, and I did not care for that much, like, at all. Um, I remember spending, like, whole weekends in the lab trying to get, like, my programs to compile. Mm. And the whole thing would just, like, not work because I had a semicolon or a backslash instead of a forward slash in the wrong place. Um, yeah, so I left computer science and then I was like, maybe I'll try math. Don't know why I tried math. Actually, I do know why. I was really good at math in high school, but math in high school um, is a lot different than math in college. True um, that. <clears throat> so then I tried business. And business was fun, but I hated accounting. Um, and all the while I was taking like psychology courses on the side, just because I thought they were interesting. Um, I talked to my advisor one day, he was like, you know, if you switch your major to psychology, you can get out of here next semester. And I was like, oh, then I guess I'm gonna be a psychology major. <laughs> um, so I got a degree with a concentration in, um, IO, industrial organizational. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought I wanted to do like human resources kind of stuff like organizational development. Um, 
my first job out of college was with like this auto parts manufacturer to do like, Vallejo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I try to research people. <laughs> and it was not an HR job at all. It was like warehouse management, but then somehow they found out I was like decent with Excel. So they started looping me into like these random projects. And that's when I was like introduced to like procurement and logistics and contracts and that kind of thing. Um, then there was like the economic downturn. Um, <clears throat> they did a lot of downsizing. I was one of the positions that got let go. So I took a job doing human resources with the federal government, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and that's what I thought I really wanted to do until I got the job and it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. Um, I don't know if you're like familiar, like the government at all, but like we were a little bit. Yeah. So there's this thing called like your service comp date. And that's basically like, it's a computation of like when you start uh, your federal career that lets you know, like when you're eligible to retire. But back then, like so many things were still like paper-based. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people's records would be like lost in the mail. And like, we just didn't, we couldn't verify all their service. Um, and so I'd be going through records and people are thinking they're ready to retire. And I'm like, well, based on what we have here, you got like another two and a half years and you think you're going to be heading down to Florida this summer. And I got to be the guy to say that that's probably not going to happen. Um, so I got yelled at for about a year and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of crushing people's dreams. Can you get me to something else? <laughs> yes, exactly. Like that was, it was kind of soul crushing. And at the same time, I feel like, that was a lot of responsibility for like a young GS5 employee to be dealing with. Right. Um, so I somehow, I applied for this job with the FAA. Um, somehow I made it onto like, uh, they call it like the eligibles list. I should have never been on that list because it was made for veterans. I'm not a veteran, um, but they interviewed me. I guess I made a good impression, so they decided to keep me. And that's where I spent like the most of my career. I did some procurement stuff, um, a lot of financial analysis. I worked with uh, the IPNA shop there, just like a lot of long-term strategic planning and like how to make sure they were making better purchasing decisions. Um, did that for a little while. I think five years and I got my PMP and I was like, oh, I want to be a project manager. So I did the project management thing at DOJ for a little while. That was cool, but I feel like I've always been kind of like missing the FAA work ever since. Mm. Um, left DOJ, took a job as a contracts administrator with the courts in Orange County. Um, after that, I found myself with City of Long Beach and I did um, like budget analysis there. And now I'm a procurement analyst. Um, I guess like that's like the professional kind of stuff. So that's the glamorous world of government service. <laughs> yes, very glamorous. 
pushing but on. There's, <laughs> but there's other stuff that you're doing along the way. Like I, I noticed, you know, as I was looking through your LinkedIn profile, you're the founder. You were the founder and owner of the Dweeb Lifestyle Company. You got to <laughs> tell us about that. I mean, the the logo is like glasses with the tape in the middle, yeah. which of course I don't know if you know. This is also sort of like the adopted as the the logo of of sort of Stanford Athletics. And no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the fans, they dress up, they wear these glasses with the tape in the middle. Mm -hmm. So tell me about this, uh, this, this lifestyle company, this apparel brand that you created, which apparently was carried uh, domestically and overseas in over 15 retailers. Yeah. Um, where to start? I don't know. Like I've all, my dad, he actually owned like uh, one of the first, they called them urban wear boutiques mm -hmm. back in the 90s now i think like the the term is street yeah, wear. When, yeah exactly back when you know fubu and sean john were just getting yes. started yeah, yeah exactly um and so he would go up to new york and bring back all these brands to like virginia dc and maryland that like people never heard of so like i've been around clothes i've been a, a fan of clothes and like shoes for as long as I can remember, because like he exposed me and my brother to that. Um, and I had always wanted to like do something on my own. I didn't really know how to do it. And I got to college and there were like all these little independent brands popping up. And I'm like, hey, if those guys can do it, <laughs> maybe I can do it too. Um, so I just like get on Google and be on things like t-shirtforum.com, mm -hmm. um, random WordPress and like Angel Fire blogs back in oh, the day. Oh, I remember Angel Fire. That was <laughs> old school. Dude, yeah. That's how old I am. <laughs> That's um, the thing. It's like, you know, hey, listen, if you're too cool for GeoCities, it's time to go Angel Fire. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so just figuring out how to do things. Then I found a guy, uh, he's like an illustrator based in like London. I was like, hey, I have this idea for a logo. Um, and I took a picture of like, there were some cheap sunglasses. I actually broke them, took the picture. Um, and then he like did the illustration based on that. And that's what uh, I think what you were referring to. And I was inspired by that because like, uh, I think at that time, like a lot of the rappers were wearing like pirate skulls and buckle, like belt buckles. So I was like, this is going to be like my version of the, the Jolly Roger. And the name Dweeb is actually an acronym, stands for don't want to ever end up broke. Uh, and because when I started the brand, I was a very broke college student. <laughs> it was aspirational. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then like dweeb just because uh, I've always kind of been like a person on like the fringes, like never, like I knew a lot of people, but I never really fit into like. You grew up with glasses. I mean, I see you have the glasses on now. That's yeah. not just for fashion purposes. You actually need them to see. I can't see you if I do this. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, I got the logo done then got some t-shirts um, and then like each season, I just tried to do something a little different. Um, remember like the first 
really custom piece I did was like a, a fleece varsity jacket, but like I bought the jackets on Alibaba and then I found a local like athletic shop to do these like twill appliques for the back. Mm -hmm. And then I had the chenille patches made in China. And then I took everything to like the dry cleaners so they could like put it all together. That's, you see a that? serious, like, that's a serious amount of work. I mean, this is it, like actually packaging it together. Yeah. And that was not like the smartest way looking back, but it's the only way I knew to get it done at the time. Um, then I got a little better um, at like engaging factories, um, building what they call like tech packs. So like I get the factory to do everything the way yep. I wanted versus talking to five different places, shipping all these different things to one place, like just a one-stop shop, basically. Yeah. Um, but I you did. eventually stopped doing this. So what, what happened? Did, it, did, did you eventually go broke? What, what's the story? <laughs> In a way, not broke, but I, I took a chance, a big chance on myself. And it, it was just, it's a big learning experience. I'll say that. Oh, there really? Was, uh, yeah. So I was really successful with like uh, local trade shows. Mm -hmm. um, I did a lot in like Atlanta, um, DC, Maryland, and like events and things like that. But I went to Vegas Fashion Week, I think it was 2016. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a big trade show um, for like menswear, women's wear, just like uh, like upscale contemporary street yep. kind of stuff. It's called, uh, it was Capsule and Liberty Fairs. Um, I spent a ton of money on- I was say, that can't be cheap. It, it was not. <laughs> it, I think the booth rent itself was like $4,000. And then I had probably like another three or four tied up in my sample collection. Got it. Um, and of course you had yeah. to travel there and stay yeah. there and the there. expenses there too. And so this whole time I pretty much did all this as like a one man shop. Um, right. I had like my buddy who was like a photographer and he would like take pictures for myself, but like it was basically just me and him. Um, so to save like money, the show offered to like handle logistics. And I was like, I'm not gonna pay like another six or seven hundred dollars for that. It's like I'm just gonna take all my samples with me and I'll set up everything like the day before. The airline lost my luggage. <laughs> so of a three-day show, I only got to participate in like the last day, day and a half. Oh my. Um, yeah. And like That's everybody it. says, they typically do the most business like the day before the show actually opens and then the first day. And I missed out on both of those. So I still went through, I set up, tried to make the most of it. I met a bunch of people, made a lot of connections, um, but everybody was like, hey, your stuff is great, but we've already written all our- We already, we, we already decided who we were gonna buy, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we like, did that. Why weren't you here? Two, why weren't you here two days ago? <laughs> that was it. Yeah, pretty oh. much. Um, so yeah. So after that, I was like, I need 
a break from this and like I would do little design projects for like other people um, that like knew that this was something that I did on the side. Um, but I wasn't really producing anything for myself right. after that. Um, but but you're doing all, but you're still doing, I mean, again, I'm reading here, you're using drones to capture yeah, yeah. video, you're doing websites. So you still have this creative outlet that people do not necessarily think of when they think of career government official. Yeah, but you're is, still doing that. Yeah, yeah, no. And that's like the, that's the passion stuff. That's what gives me energy, some life, I guess. Like, um, yeah, that's what keeps me, that and family, that's what keeps me going. Yeah. Um, All right. So this takes us up to the present day. And yeah. of course, you know, here we are. It's, <laughs> let's just go back in time. It's 2020. Uh -huh. And there is a pandemic on. Yep. <laughs> and you're stuck at home with a really young little daughter, adorable, uh -huh. I'm sure, but you yeah. know, not easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, somehow you get called to, hey, would you be interested in appearing on a television show? So how did this happen? What was the process? <laughs> what was the thought process that went into it? Uh, what did your family think when you said, hey, I'm going <laughs> to get out of here and fly across the world while there's a <laughs> pandemic raging? Yeah, uh, that was... Yeah. So I apply, I saw a Facebook ad actually. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, I've never been on a game show, but like, I always wanted to be on like, who wants to be a millionaire mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, let me apply. So I applied and I think like maybe a week or two after I got an email and they were like, Hey, if you're still interested, like send us a recorded tape, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I did that, sent it in. I didn't hear anything for probably like a month. So I was like, maybe I just, <laughs> they didn't like me. Um, but then I got a call back and I was talking to the casting folks and did like a little interview, uh, an audition, and they were like, okay, cool. And then that was over. And I didn't hear anything for Hurry like- Hurry up and wait. This is the yep. way it works. Hurry up and wait. <laughs> and then it was like the weirdest thing. It was like mid-July. It was actually like right after I started the job where I am now. Mm -hmm. They were like, hey, uh, the, the producers, like they really liked your tape and- do you have a passport? And I was like, uh, sure. Like, yeah, what's up? And like, can you go to Portugal in 11 days? And I was like, what? Like, I hadn't heard anything. And now it's like, you might be going to Portugal. And I was like, yep. I didn't think about it. No hesitation. I was just like, yeah. And so then I called my wife and she, and I'm like explaining this to her. And she's like, wait, wait, how do you know this isn't a scam? You're not going to get over there. Somebody's trying to like harvest your organs. <laughs> exactly. It's like you come back without any kidneys. <laughs> and I was like, no, I was like, it seemed legit. Like the it's guy a real show aired yeah. last season. Rob Lowe's the host. I'm sure Rob Lowe's not going to harvest my kidneys. And see, that's what I was thinking. And she was like, but these people that are emailing you, she's like, they don't even have like official email. Yeah, they have a Gmail address. Oh, I mean, email. How, how, it's pretty kind of sketchy. It's like, well, hold on for a second. <laughs> so she's usually, she's usually the voice of reason. Yeah. And I was like, nah, it's, it's, I was like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Um, 
So we ended up doing like several FaceTime calls with like mm -hmm. multiple people from like produ production, from casting. And then she was able to like, they were able to like quell some of her concerns. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so there was that. And then I was like, and if I get to go, then when I get back, you get to take some time for yourself since I'll be gone for. Yeah, I'm going, I'll be gone for a week or take care of pancake by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then that, that was pretty much that. That was cool to do it. We quarantined in um, a hotel in El Segundo for, I think it was three or four days. Everybody had to be negative COVID tested. And then they booked the flight for like all of us to fly yeah. over. Um, got to Portugal, beautiful. Um, I don't know if I should say this, but I did a little exploring. <laughs> Listen, it's too late now. They already paid you or they will be paying you soon. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, shot the show and it was like a super cool experience. Like I met some really awesome people. It was like the chance of a lifetime. Like I... I think I'll remember this fondly for a really long time. Well, and you made the most of it. I mean, you won $10,000. You were triumphant on national television. You didn't get to go for a hundred, but you won 10. That's really yeah. darn good. I remember I called. I, I think your wife would be like, yeah, you know, great. That's it. But she yeah. must be happy. Right? <laughs> Not only do I have my kidneys, I have $10,000. <laughs> yes. And I think she was like, she was like, I just wanted to make sure you won something. You didn't go over there and come back empty handed. And I called her like, or I texted her after um, it was over. And I was like, look, I just finished my run. She's like, oh gosh, you bombed it, didn't you? <laughs> I was like, well, thanks for the faith. <laughs> I was like, actually, I did the opposite of bombing it. Um, and so then, yeah, celebrated a little bit, but no, it was nice. cool. Man. Well, well, tell me about, you know, so you get over to, uh, you get over to Portugal mm -hmm. and do you spend like your time with the other people who are going your day or, I mean, yeah. are they shooting one set per day, two sets per day? Like, who do you get to meet? So it was kind of interesting, actually. Like we, I feel like we all had like our meals together. Mm -hmm. like, everybody would just kind of like convene in the was it the dining room the i don't know the place where they did the meals like everybody was like there all the time so but when i think so we were there for like five days or six days maybe and our or my group we were shooting like the last two days yeah. and i think they were shooting um like two or three episodes a day, per day. yeah yeah because you were episode, you appeared in episode seven. Yeah. Yeah. And at first, I think someone told me that I was supposed to be like the last episode, but nah, whatever. It worked, worked out. Um, and, and that, by the way, is different than season one. In season one, they just shot everything and mm -hmm. then they cut it up however they felt like. Yeah. Because so nobody was on a particular day or anything like that. So, mm -hmm. you know. It makes everybody they mixed everybody in. So on any given episode from season one, you know, the competitors who ran may have all gone on different days. Okay. Interesting. 
It's I just wonder, however they however they felt it would produce the best drama, the best sort of overall television. Yeah. Which was more costly because, you know, in season one, they also shot like hometown packages. You may remember yeah. that. So like the American Ninja Warrior thing costs yeah. a lot more money. Yeah. The way they did it for season two is much more efficient. It seems to be working out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the other thing. They had like prepped me to give like this whole like 60 second sound bite. <laughs> And then they're like, but just know that like sometimes Rob, we, we don't run any of it. Yeah. And it's like, okay. So I get there and I was like prepared to just like regurgitate the whole thing. And then he was like, hey, so tell me about your daughter. And I was like, uh, oh, I can do that too. Yeah. You prepared me for, you prepped me for something. <laughs> but guess what? The guy who ran Dweeb is not going to be thrown off by a surprise. I will not. Although so usually... with you, so here you are, you're on this, you're finally on the set, right? It's hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. Finally, you get called to the set. Is it like morning, afternoon? What time of day did you guys end up shooting? It was like late afternoon to evening because uh, the sun was like just starting to set when on the way back. And I remember that because there's like this huge bridge that you had to cross like going back down to like downtown uh, or whatever, like the main area of Lisbon is. And it was like this beautiful view. Um, but yeah, so it was like late afternoon. Felt a lot better heading back in knowing that you were getting $10,000. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think anything is going to be able to kill my mood for a while. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so it, when they shoot the show, they actually have to show, shoot it in order. So Tony goes first and then Jennifer and then you, and it just proceeds the way um, it, it goes out on the show. But of course there's yeah. little bits edited out in order to yeah. make things a little bit tighter. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you step into the chair and mm -hmm. at that point, Jennifer, had gone in she did do you get to watch anybody else's run or are you yeah, like how uh, no so they have you like you hear their run but yeah. you don't see it so you haven't you have when you get into the chair you still haven't i mean you've seen it on the you recordings know, from season one but yeah. you haven't seen anyone from season two nope okay and so you get up there and jennifer jacobson mm -hmm. wood jennifer jacobson wood a public librarian uh, she has gone, she's answered six questions correctly in two minutes, 13 seconds, which is pretty fast pace. Yeah. So what are you thinking when you get into the chair and you're like, oh, okay, here we go. What's your strategy? She, I just remember thinking <clears throat> she just seemed like a very bright person and talking to her. Yes. So like, if she only got six, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to beat six. Um, well, this brings up a really good and interesting question. So you've been with these people. Did you know you guys were going to go the same day or is there just a general pool? I think, actually, I don't remember that part. Like if, like when we knew, yeah, I don't remember like how they yeah. know like when our shoot. But day. but you had, but you probably but you knew who was going your day. So you've got like Tony, like the morning Jennifer, of, the morning of they they gather you together. Yeah. So when that happens, when you're in there with Tony, Jennifer, Haley, Ryan, and I guess you guys meet Nick because you know he's <laughs> like the 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 reigning samurai, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So you you meet him. You're like, oh crap, this guy is the guy who came through. Like yeah. who, he was you, on my flight. Like I remember talking to him a bit in the airport. So when you were talking to him in the airport, did you think to yourself, this guy's going to win twice and make a bunch of money? Like, what did you think? I didn't, but I did get like a good vibe from him. He's just like a very charismatic dude. And I was yeah. like, he, he seems like, like he'd be a good person for it. I don't know. Like, yeah. My comment with Nick, by the way, in my commentary for the season is I went and I fully expected when I looked him up to find out that he was also like on a soap opera or something. Cause he's a really handsome he's a good, guy. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. <laughs> I'm like, usually when somebody's that handsome, they're not just a regular person. I mean, no offense to you or me, like, yeah. we're fine. <laughs> but nobody says, oh yeah, that guy must be on TV. When yeah. you meet Nick, you're like, this guy yeah. must be on TV. He's probably on TV. And yet he's not, he's, he's actually is what he says he is, a jewelry designer and a day trader. Yeah. So, okay. So you, you have, so you've met these other folks. So mm -hmm. you, you identified Jennifer as tough competition. Anybody else you were like, oh my God, I don't know. This guy's going to be tough. Um, her for sure. And then I thought Ryan for sure, just because like. Yeah. He's, 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 I was like. Robotics, you know, <laughs> two Stanford degrees, 4.11 GPA. He's probably like in Minsa. I don't know. This guy so looks like, like he's going to be tough. Two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you know, so you're like, okay, other guys, but like those were the the two that I was most concerned about. No, 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 and, and as it turns out, rightly so. Yeah. So Jennifer comes in. She's got six questions, two minutes, thirteen seconds. You're like, oh crap, am I going to be able to do this? Yeah. And then you're in the chair. You're talking with Rob, and then you're getting cranked up. Yep. What are you feeling as you're going? Uh, over there? I mean, what, what are you thinking? Nervous. They gave me like the little croquis to make sure. I my saw that, by the way. <laughs> they didn't give me croquis when I went. I was very upset. I'm like, well, how come they didn't give me croquis when I went on? I have glasses. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that was good because I was like, they definitely probably would have fallen off. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was a little nervous, but then I was just like trying to breathe because I think there was like some kind of issue where. Uh, Ava wasn't moving properly or something. So Some sort of mechanical just sitting up, staring at the ceiling for like 10 minutes. Oh boy. And just in my ears, like, Hey, just like, stay calm, man. Don't worry. It's going to be yeah. fine. We, yeah. We've done this a lot. We've had multiple seasons, including yep. this particular machine. It's no problem. It's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, and I think that actually, worked out in my favor because like i was kind of just chilling for a you little calm down so you, yeah. you were you, you gotten over like okay i'm strapped into this rocket chair and you're exactly. like okay i've been here for a while you know it's fine yeah and i was like all right it's not so bad um okay. And we were talking before we started recording, but you know, all along the producers have been telling you, Hey, listen, you got to talk out your answers, make sure no people can't see what's going on in your brain, yeah. talk it out that way. It's better television. And you had that in your mind. You were thinking, okay, I'm going to do yes. that. And also they're like, make sure you're energetic because they're like, the producers can decide to pull you at any moment if they're not feeling it. So they're like, oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, okay. oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so, really interesting. Yeah. And I've been told before that a lot of times I kind of talk with like a monotone. So I was like trying to be like super mindful of that. I was like, all right, I got to present as like yeah. an overly energetic version of myself and also that. not be boring and also make sure I'm talking through all my answers 
even though I might know what something is as soon as I look at it. Um, right. Well, I mean, again, just from watching on TV and then talking to you now, I wouldn't think of you as a, a monotone guy, but I do think of you as a very chill kind of low key guy. And so that's something which is a double edged sword, in my opinion. I think it, it helped yeah. you chill out and not get nervous. You see some competitors get nervous. They panic yeah. when they're in the chair. Clearly, it looked like you were just, you know, no problem. Just going to take yeah. one question <laughs> at a time and you were able to sail on through. And ultimately, you know, spoiler alert here, you answered all 10. You got $10,000. <laughs> But you didn't go as quickly as some of these other dudes who came afterwards, like Ryan. When just go, yeah. So he so got that's number seven, <laughs> and was like already better than my time. I was like, all right, I enjoyed my thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were there for you were there for Haley's run as well, right? The the, the aquatic yeah. mammal trainer. So you know, uh, her problem was just she had not watched. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And yeah. if you just don't know something, yeah, you just don't know it. Yeah. No. But you you had a great run, right? You're going through uh, I have a couple of notes here saying, you know, you did a, a good job like when you had the the mirror image kind of game, uh, you uh -huh. went progressively through. It's like a quarterback going through his progressions, yeah. checking everything. <laughs> uh when you were yeah, when you were locking it in, you did something which I like, which is you lock it in without repeating it. A lot of people like they say the answer and they repeat it again and then they lock it in. You're like, uh, no, no, I already locked it. In. I got it. Lock yeah. it in. Lock yeah, it yeah. in. And you did like a little bit of time. <laughs> I thought that a really nice touch. And Dr. Ken and I mentioned this on our recap episode. And a really nice touch was like Jennifer was rooting for you to do better once you had surpassed her, right? She wasn't like bitter or anything. She's like, yeah. At that point, she knows what's the point. Yeah, <laughs> but she's rooting you on. I thought that was really cool. And you eventually get the per you get a ten out of ten, despite the last question being a geography question. <laughs> <laughs> My parents thought that was cool too. Um, now you you really are not a geography guy. You're a bad no. geography guy. Yeah, it's like even in just like the U.S. It's it's horrible, but it's like I know like Texas down at the bottom. And then I know the coast, I don't, <laughs> everything in between is kind of like a, a blur. Well, you know, North Dakota is North of South Dakota. So you at least got that. that. <laughs> North Carolina is North of South. So you come up and you got this geography question for your last question. Uh -huh. What What are you feeling in that moment? Uh, Do you know it right away? Or was it that you're a little nervous? You're like, oh crap, I, geography. I, I feel like I did. Cause well, one of them was like the tower. In the SL. devil's tower. Yeah. yeah. And then was there something in Chicago, I think? I think it was the, the it was like the Devil's Tower and I think the Hollywood sign. That one's relatively easy. Yeah, yeah. And then there was some East Coast one. So the yeah. important thing was to know that the Devil's Tower is yeah. in the middle of the country. Yeah. You know, the thing from third throws and counters of the third kind. Yeah. And it's like you got, things on the, the edges. So I was like, this other thing's gotta be in the It's middle. gotta be in the middle. <laughs> it's gotta be. <laughs> so you got it, you got 10 out of 10 four minutes, I think 17 seconds or so, $10,000. You yeah. know, you've done it. You know, you've banked $10,000. How are you feeling in that moment? I was feeling stoked. Um, but I was also very hopeful that I might get a chance to go for a little more. Cause um, 10 is nice, but 110. Yeah. That's even better. <laughs> Yeah, but, sadly, during during my time when they did it, the we went to the Circle of Samurai. It wasn't 
additives. So we won 10,000 for completing the course. And the Circle of Samurai, you could win up to 100,000, but you didn't get 110. Like you didn't add the 10 to the to the rest, which ah. would have been nice. Uh, cool. I only ended up with 100. You know, again, I'm not complaining. 100,000, yeah. good, 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 good money. But yeah. 110, even nicer, yeah. even, even higher. So you're sitting in the chair. And, you know, Haley goes on a run. Unfortunately, she goes out and you're like, okay, only two guys left. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you thinking at that point? How are you feeling about your chances? I was like, I might still have a chance. And then I see Ryan get in the chair and I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan's like, like, yeah, oh, Ava's a five axis industrial robot. You're like, oh, yeah. crap. He even knows, uh, even knows what Ava is. Holy yeah. smokes. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is going to be the guy that knocks me out. But he's like super awesome too. He's like, no, he, he, he like, seems like a great guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you obviously that. must have spent some time with him. Yeah. But he was like, holy smokes, he's blazing through the course. Yeah. Uh, he did, you know, he was doing a little bit of trash talking, I think, wasn't he? And they asked him, he was like, I'm so sorry <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> He was like, they told me to do this while I was in the chair. It's like, no hard feelings, man. No worries. It's television. Oh, that, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> that, that like, he came to you afterwards to apologize. <laughs> so that's just like a testament to like how good of a guy he really is. What a what a remarkable guy. Wow. So he actually apologized. That's great. He goes on this run. Mm -hmm few minor bumps here and there, but he was going just blazing through three minutes, 38 seconds. You're knocked mm -hmm. out. Do you get to watch Nick's run or you get sent off to the room somewhere to sign uniforms? Uh, forms? After, yeah, after I got out of the chair, um, it was over for me. I signed right. documents and then they're like, yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, sign the documents, get the hell out. Don't talk to anyone or we sue your ass off. Yep, basically it. <laughs> yeah. I remember that they're like, you understand if you talk to anyone and results get out early, we can sue you for a million dollars. I'm like, trust me, I'm not going to talk about this. Yep. Okay, no, guys. I'd rather get 10 than have to pay a mill. So yeah, I'm pretty sure the math. I'm not saying that. Anything. <laughs> so, so you didn't know whether or not Ryan's time held up. Uh, I just knew he beat me. I didn't yeah. know like what happened to him after his run. Got it. But then he got back and we were talking about it after we got back to the hotel. And he was like, man, Nick's just like blazing through. He's just blazing through all of them. Just like as soon as the thing pops up on the screen, he just knows the answer. That's that that's the trick. I mean, that so that you'll notice if you go back and look at season one, if you watch the if you watch the season ending, uh season ending tournament, you'll see mm -hmm. all of us like, you know, we're not waiting for Ava to finish. We're mm -hmm. we're just going because we know now it's down to the time, it's down to the millisecond. I wish so, I'd taken so, but, that. So, but you guys, you know, again, you, you, both you and Ryan, $10,000, very credible, very good runs. Thank you. Thank you. It's, I mainly didn't want to be like the dude who gets out there and bombs it on like the first question. <laughs> so that, that that's an interesting question. Like what is worse when it comes <laughs> to bombing the first question? Is it the one where you answer the first question wrong after like three seconds? You're super confident. You give the answer. And it's just wrong. Yeah. Yep. Or the one where it's one of those ones that you don't know that you struggle with for like five minutes while the entire rest of everyone around that you. Oh my to, God. I forget her name. The lady who's a, a fashion designer. Yeah. She was just like, I was like, oh, it was like a Starbucks 
question, I think. Yes, that's right. And, and you know, like, they edit they edit those down a little bit. They don't yeah. run the full five minutes because it's yeah, yeah. so painful yeah. and boring. Yeah. But you know, they run enough of it. And it's like ooh. we to really feel it. It's like ooh. So I season didn't want one, that. season one was the absolute best with Frankie and Hall and Oats because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I see a hall. Yeah. I see hall. some oats. I don't know. <laughs> Singer, let's see, there's hall, there's a hall, and there's some oats. Hall and oats, but I don't. What, what could that be? Yeah. What could hollow oats mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so you you finish up. You guys head home. You know, yeah, you know, you're getting ten grand. You know, Ryan. Ryan's like, yeah, you know, you know, Ryan's getting ten grand. You guys celebrate that night. You to oh, toast, yeah. drink. What do you do? Remember, <laughs> we were kind of noxious the last night. Um, but we were everybody there were like three of us who bought like bottles of champagne <laughs> for everybody nice uh, when we we're down in the dining hall um you're just like popping bottles and having a good time that is cool popping some champagne i uh after i after i went and and i won i went with we, we some of my fellow competitors out and you know, we're all just, you know, everyone's getting ready to pack up and go. And they're like, so what's the, what's the story? I'm like, I got to stay tonight, guys. They're like, oh my God, high five, high five, <laughs> high five. And I paid for drinks for them because yeah, of course. Yeah, that guy. Um, so that's great. So you guys had the party and then what, you fly out the next day? Was it the, I think, no, so we had one more full day there so some people left like the following day right um, but we had like one more full day in portugal so oh so you guys oh, just enjoy yourself yeah that's uh, nice took a little day trip saw some sights oh that's great yeah it was awesome you, you got the full experience and yeah, it's like crazy said, right experience of a lifetime man. saw a facebook ad Facebook <laughs> your wife thinks you're gonna get your kidneys stolen and you end up going on national television winning ten thousand bucks and having a whole day to kick around portugal uh and just you know have a fantastic time after knowing you've already banked ten thousand dollars yeah it's like it that sounds like a pretty good time yeah. So, so have you got the bug? Are you going to, you know, obviously there's a one year uh, exclusion. You got to wait for a yeah. year after your episode airs before you can do anything else. You want to do this again? You want to go on other shows? Um, what kind of questions? Of course, man. Okay. Course. Because you saw that guy, one of the guys from your season, Peter Fryer, this was his 12th or 13th game show. So these guys are practically pros. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're a career game show participant. Exactly. So he's a he's a he's a banker slash game show competitor. Yeah. Like, if that'd get me away from pushing the paper for a little while, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think that Peter said that lifetime he'd won like 150 grand. Hey. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's not pretty good. good. Yeah. Not too bad. And as much as you can think, these don't take <laughs> that long to do. No. So. No, if you win, it's a really good day rate, let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> So what will happen, I, I'll tell you from my own personal experience, once you air, P 
be, you know, you'll be on the list for these casting directors and people will reach out to you. So, you mm -hmm. know, I've gotten outreach from other or other programs and things like that, you know, still waiting for the right opportunity, the right chance to do it. There were a couple that I've applied for that did, for whatever reason, didn't make it all the way through. I think part of it is the pandemic, obviously yeah. came in and caused some severe problems, but I'm still hopeful that there'll be something in the future. Uh, but we'll see, you know, the big regret is there. Uh, I had always thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool to go on the granddaddy of them all to go on Jeopardy with Alex Trebek. I, was say, I could see you on Jeopardy, man. Obviously no longer possible. Great. Uh, very sad. I actually, you know, I had gotten a call in for Jeopardy for the college tournament back when I was in college, but, uh -huh. or, or gotten a call in for Jeopardy back when I was in college, but I couldn't make it to uh -huh. Burbank. I was up at Stanford, so I couldn't go. Uh -huh. And it's always been a bit of regret. So, you know, who knows? Someday, perhaps I'll get a chance to do something else. Is there anything like what's one that you really want to do? Well, you know, I don't know if there's any one that I particularly wanted to do, but the 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 thing that would be interesting is if there was one of these ones which was uh, more of a slower burn. So, you know, if you look at these competition shows, there are competition shows that typically aren't the mental competition shows, but something like, for example, Ink Master, not that I want to mm -hmm. go on that show, or uh, they had the one for makeup and they have, uh, uh -huh. they have worst cooks in America and things like that. Actually, one of the guys from season from episode eight, Lath, who's currently you know, the reigning samurai, uh, had been a competitor on worst cooks in America. He's on like five or six episodes in the 2019 oh, wow. season. So that's uh, what I'd be kind of interested in. Guy? Yeah, the giant football guy. Yeah. <laughs> Former NFL player. <laughs> oh, that guy was, I think I was amazing. Like uh, we, we did a recap. I'm like, this is like one of the best competitors we've ever seen, both from a gameplay standpoint and from uh, being able to entertain people. You could see why the producers were like, get this guy out there. Yeah, yeah no, he's, you get to tell, he's just one of those personalities, like yeah. magnetic. 33 imdb credits what now again a lot of these imdb credits are like independent voiceover that sort of thing but he's oh, been in a lot of stuff yeah he's, i didn't realize that he's he's a profe he's a professional uh, this is one of the things like your season my season you know there were people who are like game show ringers but not a lot of people a few people with a few imdb credits Mm -hmm. This season, your season, there are a lot of people who are much more ensconced in Hollywood because there were no productions going on. They got yeah. nothing else to do. And yeah. so normally they're not like saying, oh, let me go on some sort of game show and try to win yeah. some money. They're like, no, no, I got to further my acting career. Yeah. But here they're like, I got Jack. There's nothing going on. I'm sitting at home doing nothing. Sure, I'll do it. Why not? <laughs> Why not? And it's good for the producers of the show because they're like, okay, if we hire someone with 30 IMDb credits who's been on television like 20 times before, we're pretty sure they're going to deliver and be interesting. Yeah, for sure. And there were quite a few like, uh, like, um, like influencer type people, like um, like social media kind of yeah. stuff um, in our season as well. I just yeah. thought that was kind of interesting. They had nothing else to do, so yeah. <laughs> they got to like, try to do it. Why not go try to make this money? Yeah, I we're still waiting for the, if the show can last long enough, pick up some momentum, maybe they can have a celebrity edition. That would be fun. That would be fun to watch. That would be, I would watch that. Absolutely. 
Cool. Well, any final thoughts? Because uh, obviously you've gone through this great experience. Congratulations to you. Uh, to and I hope. Actually, I have one final question before we get yeah. to your your various coordinates. What did your wife end up doing? Because you said you know you were going to give her some time off. What oh, did she do? She just went to a hotel without me or the to baby. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, take a couple of days there and. We won't call you, won't bother you. Just baby, get yeah. get a hotel. We're not gonna bother you. You can even order room service. It's on me. Yep. And that was it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, so let's say people have been listening to this and they said, Wow, that Jamal character, I really like him. I wish he still had a clothing line out. I want to look more <laughs> like him. I want to be more like him. Where do they find you online? If they want to hire you, they want to connect with you, where do they find you? Uh, so online, uh, Facebook, uh, Jamal.L.Williams, uh, Instagram, I'm Hey underscore it's underscore mall. That's M A A L. Or you can check out my photography website. Uh, it's Molly's world.com. Uh, Molly's good. world being M A A L M A A L Y S dash world. Dot com. Oh, very uh, cool. I'm going to have to check it out. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I'm going to enjoy checking it out. Yeah. If you need some headshots or a real estate walkthrough video or somebody to shoot a talking head interview, I'm your guy. Awesome. In between procurement and contracts. <laughs> yes. In between those things. It's good to have a, it's, it, it's so fascinating, right? You have this career of the, the super buttoned up government work, and then you're out there doing video shoots. For all I know, you're doing like a video shoot of somebody's music video, mm -hmm. got dancers, they got all this stuff going on. And, and then the next day it's uh, okay. You know, this is a G27 form and I need you to fill yep. this out. <laughs> Say negotiating contracts and yeah, just the fun stuff. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jamal, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, I think you'll enjoy hearing this. Definitely have your wife listening. I think she'll enjoy it as well. And welcome Thanks to the Mental me. Samurai Community. Oh, my pleasure. Here's the thing, right? We 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 have this chance to go on television. We have this brief conversation with Rob, and there's always so much more. As I that was the reason why I did this starting with season one. It's like these people are so amazing. These competitors, they gather together people with remarkable backgrounds. Like all we heard about Ryan was that he's a mechatronics engineer. We didn't hear, oh yeah, he has two degrees from Stanford. He had 4.11 GPA. He started a nonprofit organization a nonprofit, yeah. <laughs> to help out kids. I mean, oh my God, these things are amazing. There were uh, there was one, uh, I think from my season, Dr. Jackie, who I'm like, yeah, well, we found out that she's a doctor. So it was the first in her her family to go to college. She went to Harvard Medical School. We left out the fact that she was a competitive weightlifter, that she was a like third place Miss Florida and a beauty beauty pageant, all this kind of stuff. It's like she's a black belt in in martial arts. I'm like, holy crap! All these crap. layers to these people's stories. Oh versus my god! Like, snippet you get from the TV. This country has some pretty amazing people, and they rounded up a lot of them for Mental Samurai, and you are now part of that grand club. Yeah. Jamal, thank you so much. Everyone else who has been listening in, don't forget, we got episode nine coming up next week. Dr. Ken and I will be recording another recap and analysis. I hope you guys will tune in. We'll find out whether Laith will be able to continue his reign as Mental Samurai all the way building up towards the final episode of the season, episode 10, two weeks from now. Stay tuned and thank you for listening.
Thank you.